Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nature's Friend News Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the true, true story of the smartest horse that has ever lived, and his name is Jim Key. Now, if you're all thinking, man, I don't want to listen to a podcast about a clever horse, this is not that. This is truly remarkable, and after I heard this story, it's told from David Hoffman's book, it was so inspiring and just truly amazing. It's just a great story, so stay tuned for this week's podcast about the smartest horse that ever lived. Now, before the Civil War in a place called Shelbyville, Tennessee, a young boy slave named Bill Key is being raised by John Key, who also has two sons that are similar age to Bill Key. Now, John Key raises Bill Key like he's one of his sons. He educates him. He gives him responsibility in the house. And when he sees that young Bill Key has a unique ability with horses, and it's kind of like a horse sense, he elevates him to be as sort of a horse leader, not only at his plantation, but also in the surrounding area. He raised Bill with kindness and patience, just like his sons. So now it's the Civil War, and Bill Key is a young man, and he decides to go into the Civil War on the side of the South to help his brothers, who he protects throughout the whole war. But at the same time, he gets free slaves through the Southern to Northern Wall, that existed. So he's helping the slaves and he's helping the boys survive the South against the North. And he's also acting like a spy for the North. And he gets caught and he gets tried for treason. But he's also a great cook. Don't know how, don't know why. But he starts cooking for the guy in charge and tells him, man, I really got good at playing cards. I'm a master at cards. And while he's engaged with these guys in the North, he starts playing cards with them. And he really makes a lot of money. He becomes surprisingly wealthy by the end of the Civil War. He's freed several thousands of slaves, and he's protecting John Key's sons. And the war is over, so he goes back to Tennessee. The place is, of course, somewhat decimated, and John Key lost his plantation. Bill Key buys the plantation back for John Key so that he has a home. It's like somebody that has raised him. He wanted him to have his home back. And then he sets up a horse operation in Shelbyville, which becomes famous beyond locally. Like he's, he's, he's known for that horse operation there. He sets up racetracks. He sets up a hotel, a restaurant, even a blacksmith shop and a horse hospital. And this is what he's really known for. This all becomes a major operation and he is a major horseman by this time. He loves racing, although he isn't the guy who rides the horses. He's just fascinated by it. And with this fascination, he really wanted to create the greatest racehorse that Tennessee had ever seen. So he started this quest. In 1855, Bill Key wants to breed an unbeatable racehorse. He's at an auction in Mississippi in the deep, deep south. And you have to imagine, he... Here's Bill Key. He's a black man in a world of white horse traders. And up comes this horse named Loretta. Loretta is an Egyptian horse that is being sold. And she had come from a long lineage, but she had just been destroyed by circuses all her life and was real down and out and basically worth nothing. Bill Key bids 40 bucks and the others in the room just laugh at him. They're thinking, look at that stupid guy buying that horse that's worth nothing. But Bill Key... He mentioned that he could look this horse in the eye and he could see something special in her, 
So he buys Loretta, but now he has to find a Hamilton who he can mate with Loretta to produce and create the racing horse. He contacts the owner of Tennessee Volunteer, which was the number one racing horse at that time. And they breed and they create a baby. And that baby is a complete total mess. Can't stand up, doesn't walk right, looks goofy. But he looks into the eyes of that horse and he sees something special, something intelligent. And he'd already spent his life training horses and being around horses with kindness and patience and intelligence. And you also have to think, this is as he was raised. A lot of the ways that um, John Key raised him, he has used throughout his whole life. He really believed that for every being on earth. And he takes this horse and begins to work with this horse, Jim Key. He talks to him, sleeps in the stable with Jim Key, turns out for the rest of his life. And this is when the story gets really unbelievable. So Bill Key is now raising his horse, who is named Jim Key. He trains him for three to four years, and he begins to see some real signs of intelligence for Jim. He finds he can teach him fetch, lie down, play dead, just like a dog can. He also finds that Jim seems to be really interested in other animals. He'll sniff them and be kind to them in a way that Bill feels is very unusual. So when he's trained him in a number of these different sets, he takes him on the road with him on one of Bill's big money-making products, and that was Keystone Liniment Oil. At that time, liniment oil was sold by people who were on the road, kind of like a circus, and Bill was very successful with Keystone, but was about to be hugely more successful selling Keystone using Jim Key. The horse is able to react to jokes and holds a piece of chalk in his mouth and can scrawl Jim on the blackboard. Um, He can also make change from a cash register, spell the name of a man in the audience by selecting letters from a rack. But on the road, Jim does all kinds of tricks that people just could not believe. Now think about this. This was the time when a horse was just part of the family. But they weren't thought of as anything intelligent. You kind of treat horses like dumb animals. And back then, skittish, dumb. It's almost like they were treated kind of like a car. Everybody had them, but nobody thought of them like, man, this horse is is amazing. But Jim Key was behaving totally different than anything else. He was becoming famous with Bill. Keystone Liniment takes off, but he also begins to perform um, at the then-called Negro exhibitions. At these exhibitions, people show up, and Jim is in the front of the stage, and Bill is at the side, and he says to the audience things that he says to the horse, and he does them. So picture this, 1897, he's performing somewhere in the South, and this great New York circus guy hears about Jim Key, and goes down and tries to buy the horse for 10000 20000 But Bill won't even consider it. He loves that horse. He sleeps with the horse every night. And he says, of course I won't sell him. So Albert says he can work together and form an act where Jim can perform in front of audience. And they do. Everywhere they perform, it's an amazing hit. Imagine this. The horse can read and spell with his mouth. He can count from 1 to 25 and really up to a dollar because he can make change. You can also play the organ with his mouth just to show that he understands the organ. I don't know if he's actually playing anything, but he is hitting it. 
Um, and he can tell time even. If you ask him what time it is, he can move the clock around and let you know what time it is um, and kind of mimic whatever time is there. He can use the phone. Uh, he can pull the numbers back on, all you know, those old time telephones where you had to turn the um, numbers around. Um, can you really, I just, that's hard to believe all that. Well, they made several million dollars through all of this, but everybody is talking about the horse. He's in front of the newspapers and news all around the country. He went to visit the president McKinley and spent a few hours with him and some Harvard guys, they really got suspicious. So a paper asked the Harvard guys to investigate and they do a real test and they conclude that the horse is for real. They did this by separating Bill and then they started doing all of these tests with him and seeing if he can actually do that. It's not just like memorization. A 1903 newspaper um, quoted says, while performing in Cincinnati, a soiled towel by mistake was put in Jim Key's trunk. And Jim, when he took it out, threw it on the floor and shook his head as if he was saying, oh, I can't stand this. That towel was used to actually wipe Jim's mouth after he took a coin out of a glass of water, which people thought was impossible at the time. So this created great amusement among the audience. And even one lady named Miss C. Long bought Jim six beautiful fringe towels on which she had shown his, sewn his name. And she just thought this was very special. This was a very special horse. And Bill continues to treat Jim with this beautiful kindness and the American Humane Society that exists today or existed at that time really takes notice. The head of the Humane Society says, hey, can I connect with you and maybe we can get kids to pay attention to treat animals and horses in a way that they've never been treated before. So this is the real high point of the story. In 1904, the St. Louis World Fair, there was a building created called Jim Key Pavilion. Why? It's because he was getting an audience of 10,000 a night. And at the World Fair, 22,000 people paid money to see Jim. And one night, Allison Longworth Roosevelt comes. This is the daughter of the president at that time, President Roosevelt. She steps in and everybody goes, oh, it's the daughter of the president. And she goes right to the front. She sits down. The Saint, this just happened to be when the St. Louis school system, they sent a bunch of sixth grade kids that were also in the front row to have a spelling bee competition against Jim Key. And one of the words that comes up is Allison Longworth Roosevelt. And Jim Key, the horse, he spells that out. Allison Longworth Roosevelt and wins the spelling competition. And this isn't that he's better than the sixth grade, um, the sixth graders than in spelling, but he's at least as fast. So they concluded that he is the spelling capability of a sixth grade student. And this is national news, especially with the president's daughter associated. It's major stuff, and he's bigger than any actor, any athlete at that time. There was even a song written about him, and there's all kinds of advertisements that want to do stuff with him, like some with horse stuff, but also Pullman Car Company. And that's the greatest railroad car company that makes special cars, and he made. they even made one for Jim and Bill because Bill sleeps with him, so you got to make one that accommodate, accommodates both Jim and Bill. <laughs> But also his dog, Monk, he has a dog there and he's at every single performance 
and Monk is in it and Jim and the dog will do all kinds of tricks and Jim will bend over so Monk can jump up on his back. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful the way uh, the relationship that Jim has with other animals and the one that Bill has with them because it's one, like we said before, with respect and patience. And I think and he's, he really sees intelligence with this animal and I just think it's amazing how just one being like this horse can change the opinions of almost all of America. And with the American Humane Society, they begin to do some really amazing things. They actually produce this sort of button with Jim Key on it. And along it, it has a pledge to be kind to animals. And two million children sign this pledge. And the pledge states, quote, I promise to be kind to animals and to all sentient beings. End quote. There was also a special ambulance corps for animals that honors Jim, and he is just very, very famous. Well, he dies in 1909, and he has a beautiful cemetery stone at the place where Bill owns land. And Bill also has a stone there that honors Jim Key. So I just think this, this is such a beautiful story, and it's really cool to see how just one person can treat a horse in this way and really train them and just change the whole outlook on how we treat animals and really push the American Humane Society to reach as far as it did. Um, But maybe this will be turned into a movie one day because I see online that it says that Morgan Freeman, he said, look, get the story. I'll play Jim Key, but I don't know. I don't know if that will actually happen, but I think that's pretty awesome that just one animal can change the outlook of so many people's lives and how they treat animals. So that is the end of the story. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this gives you a new outlook on this amazing story that happened such a long time ago. And I had just never heard it before. And I thought it deserves its own podcast because that's pretty much what we are in Nature's Friend News. Bill was kind to Jim. He's just being nature's friend. He's treating them with respect. He's coexisting with them. And um, and you really get something amazing out of it. So thank you all so much for listening. Please give this podcast five stars. It really, really helps me out. It helps me to keep going um, and producing more stuff. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Nature's Friend News. You can just leave a comment on the last picture. I'm really good about getting back to it. So leave a comment on there and give me a follow. But thank you all so much for listening. Bye now.